So God, with our hearts and with our mouths, Lord God, that we believe in you, that you're real, that you're in this place, that you're moving. We believe, God, there's power in your name, so much power in your name. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you.
of forgetfulness, Lord. We thank you that you want to make us your own. You want to adopt us as your sons and your daughters. God, this will be a summer of faith. God, we declare a summer of faith. Oh, make us firm in you, God. Make us firm in you, Lord. Yeah, we believe you're powerful. Yes, oh, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord God, right now, Lord. You know, as Stephanie said that, she, she said, remember the first time that you felt the presence of the Lord. And I instantly went back when I was in that jail cell and God saved my life. You see, the thing that hits me is that a lot of us in this room are in a jail cell. And it may not look like it's bars in front of you or you're in like a tangible jail inside the county, the penitentiary, but a lot of us in this room are inside a cell within our own minds, within our own emotions. And the devil has chained you down that it's even hard to worship right now. But see, God is able, as the song says, to break every chain. To, to bring you out of that cell that you find yourself in even today. It may be depression. It may be an issue that's going on in your life. You may be dealing with just depression, just self-bondage. Your mind may be going a thousand directions, and all of it leads to jail, a spiritual jail. But as we sing this song again, I want you guys to hear the words and to think about Jesus Christ breaking every chain in your life, breaking every thought that comes against freedom that God has given us, that goes against everything that he tries to bind us up with the enemy. And today, be free. Let God break every chain out of your life, every addiction, every thought that comes against God. Let him break it right now. Let him set you free to worship him and honor his power tonight. So if we can see that on the top, break every chain. Hallelujah. Yes, oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're all-powerful, God. We thank you, Lord, God, you have the power to break every chain, God. 
everything, Lord God, that the enemy came against us with, God, you're able to break, God. Every tongue that come against us in judgment, you're able, Lord God, to break, God. For there is freedom in your name, Jesus. There is freedom in you, God. And, Lord, we come to you, God, even tonight, Lord. And we ask, God, that you would have your way, God. Have your way tonight, God. Have your way in the word, God. Have your way in the fellowship, God. And, Lord, continue, Lord God, to allow us to operate in your freedom, God, in your peace, in your joy, Lord God. Break every chain in this place, God. Every bondage, Lord God. Every stress, every depression, God. Every word, Lord God, that comes against your word, Lord God. Break it right now in the name of Jesus, God. And let freedom reign in this place, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. And everybody says, amen. Let's give it up to Jesus as we take our seats. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, elevators. Come on, somebody. Somebody excited, man. Will's excited, huh? Come on, we elevate. <laughs> I put him on blast, man. All right, this is what we're going to do, right? Because I see everybody's kind of like bundled up over here. Can we fill up this middle row, like this area? Not all the way in the back. But we want to fill up these sides right here. Can you guys do that? And then we'll spread out from there. Right? So that means that you guys, right, you guys over here, we want to move somewhere in the middle right here. Is that cool? Somewhere in the middle, almost like a pyramid, right? No, we're not doing some crazy, some cults and stuff, <laughs> some Illuminati stuff, right? But we just want to get in here. Can you guys come up to this front right here? Starting with um, Kirsten on this side. If you guys can come fill up this way. Kirsten that way, this way, bam. Now, you guys are good right there. You guys are good right there. Right? And then, Andrew, we're going to have you go up here behind Karina. All right? Come on, somebody, man. You guys are getting it, man. You guys are getting it. It's taking some time, but you guys are getting it. All right, man. Elevate. Elevate. Yes, man. This is elevating. This is what we do every Friday, right? For those of you guys who made it to the lock-in, raise your hand. Right, come on. If you guys thought the lock-in was awesome, let me get a what, what? what, what? Come on, elevate. What, what? The lock-in was off the chain, man. Did anybody have nightmares after that? Any nightmares? Right? It, it got dangerous in the end, I'm telling you, man. It was people throwing up on other people. It got real crazy on the low, like for real. It got crazy, man. But this is elevate. This is what we do every Friday at 7 p.m. And here we have a vision, right? And that's loving God and loving God people, right? Love is so strong. I'm telling you, man, you know, like the Bible says, you know, it's like pouring uh, coals on top of the head. You guys ever heard that verse, right? What is the verse, Law? Do you know it? That you'll heap burning coals on their head for, like, loving them or something? Yes, for treating them good, right? For doing good things. Give it up for the law, right? He's trying to have some grace. Give it up for him, right? So the thing is, it drives your enemy crazy when you love them even while they're trying to treat you, right? Love is powerful, right? Somebody say love is powerful, especially in Christ. You ain't got to say that part, but so that's why we love God and we love people to God, amen? And then we have a strategy here that's connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to the cross. Somebody say the cross. Yes, man. We want to connect you to the cross. Then we want to mentor you, and that's through the 101 or one on one, and you do that with a leader and yourself, right? So it's like the leader, 
and then Will, bam, we doing big things one-on-one, and we growing in Jesus to make it to the 201, right? Somebody say 201. And that's where you become like a ninja guiding for Jesus, and then you're able to like really learn how to fight in God. You know what I mean? One-on-one is like you building up the fences, right? You know who you are, your identity. 201 is like, dude, start slapping the enemy now, right? Start, you know, whooping them and going from there, right? And then from there, we want to send you out to go do the same thing that somebody has done with you in the one-on-one, and that's discipleship, baby. Moving on right here, the goal, we have 100,000 disciples, 50 churches in Chicago, and 500 around the world. If you believe that, give it up to Jesus. Come on. Can you guys imagine, like, 50 elevates around Chicago? Can y'all imagine that? Like, think about that. 50 elevates around Chicago. And then we have a lock-in, right, at, like, the biggest place with all 50 churches. Can you guys imagine that? People be waking up, man, with all type of marks on their faces. I mean, footprints and stuff. It'll be wild, man, but we want to get there. Come on. All right, man, how many like camping? Right? Come on, I love camping, man. We have our Star Rock coming next month. It's going to be our camping trip. No, we are not going to be in a cabin. I'm sorry, guys. We are not going to be in a cabin for people like uh, my sister Isis right here. We're going to be in a tent, legit, with some, uh, what's that called? Are you sleeping? With, with sleeping bags. Like, we're going real with it. This is not like we're going to go, man, we're going camping and we're going to stay inside a log, you know, a lodge and it's going to be AC and, like, you know, Donald Trump's going to come and visit us. No, man. You guys are dreaming now. This is the, We're doing some real stuff here. We're going to be in the woods, right, in a tent, camping bags. It's going to get real, right? How many of you guys are afraid of bugs? Right? I am too. I am too, all right? There are going to be bugs, but that don't mean that we draw fear, right? We're overcomers in Christ, okay? Forget these bugs. We're going out there to have a good time, all right? So we're going to be doing this. It's going to be August 12th to the 13th. We're going to be leaving Friday, coming back Saturday, and that costs $15 per person. Somebody say $15 per person, right? And you're probably wondering, like, hold on. I ain't got that kind of money. That's too much. No, I'm not ready. Listen, this $15 pays for the ride over there. It pays for all the food for two days. It pays for, like, uh, activities, right? We want to do, like, uh, canoeing and, you know, even some horseback riding. We're going to be doing some uh, some hiking. I know for some of y'all, like, horseback riding, like, seriously, like, we on some once upon a time stuff. No, man, I'm for real. Like, I want to saddle a horse, dude, and just ride that sucker, dude, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this is what we're going to do. If you guys thought the lock-in was awesome, this is going to be awesome-er, right? Somebody said awesome-er. Right? We're taking it to the next level, right? But we don't want anybody to die, so we're going to do it safely, right? We're going to do it in safety, amen? So moving on, and I would say talk to any of the leaders. Talk to uh, Carmen or Ashley. If you have the $15, we need a form to be filled out, like, for the lock-in. We cannot just call them, like, hey, we're kidnapping your, your son or daughter, and we're taking them out to, you know, out to this place. That's not going to work, all right? We need your parent uh, signature and then the $15 so you guys can get going, and that's going to be next month. Also, we have Elevate Internship, right? I'm going to have to look this way. It's a little small right here. Sharing the gospel, praying for the city, serving in the church, right? Elevate Internship as beginning July 26th, right? How that looks like is this, right? You're going to come to church. You're going to come uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, serve in the different ministries that we have, and you're just going to get rocked by God, and you're going to go crazy for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus, right? How many want to rock for Jesus this summer? How many want to make a difference for Jesus this summer? Can I get some hands? 
Right, we got no hands, one hand. Oh my goodness, two hands. Okay, we got some. So you guys are the people that we want to see in the internship. Don't be scared, but we want to see you guys come out and do some awesome things for Jesus. Moving on here is tithes and offerings. If we all can stand up. A tithe is. I'm defending your total income. Look, she look. Give it up for Kayla. She still look. Yeah. All right, what's the offering, Will? Anything you have to give after your tithe. Goodness, man. Give it up for Will, man. Anything after you give, anything you give after your tithe, man. And then do we have anything, anything cool right here coming up? What we got? Example, 10% of 10 million. What is it? One million. One milli. Come on. What is it? Do we have it? A milli. Somebody has been listening to little Wayne, right? A milli, milli. Come on, somebody. All right, man. Moving on to this next one. You know this brother's been banging little Wayne. The music, the music. Y'all crazy kids. And then we have Elevate. Come on, Elevate. All right, man, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray for this offering, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that, Lord, we can just be us, God, in church. Lord, we thank you for freedom, God. We're not sitting here religious. Father Tom doesn't have to come in here and we have to kiss his ring. God, we're free in Jesus. We can have fun. We can go with the flow, Lord God. We can laugh in church. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we pray, God, that you will bless this night. Bless the tithes and offerings that's about to come forward, Lord God. Bless those families, Lord God, who are hurting at this time, who need jobs. God, open up doors that no man can close and close door, close the doors that no man can open. God, have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Come on. Come up as you give. All right, elevate, keke. No, elevate. That's how you say it in Spanish, right? Elevate. Elevate, it's just a little accent. Elevate, keke. Okay, how is it? Elevate. Keke. Elevate. Elevate. Just be myself, man. Just be myself. And I do like to pronounce the Spanish words a little different, okay? Or like some, some English words pronounced in Spanish, you know? Like, not going to do it. Avaana. Avaiana. Anyways, how you guys doing? You guys doing all right? You guys are awake. It's good because it's only 741. This place is about to get turned, okay? All right, so we are in our Heroes of the Faith sermon series. Everybody go like this. All right, this is what we're looking at. This is how you're going to feel in about 10 minutes, okay? 20 minutes. You're going to feel swollen in the spirit, all right? You're going to feel swollen in the spirit. Can anybody guess? Take a while to guess. 
Who we're talking about today, under 18 only? Okay. Yeah, we're talking about Noah. All right, so raise your hands. Who knows a little bit about Noah's story? Josiah, come up here. <laughs> I want you to tell us everything, everything you know about the story, okay? Take your time, but be quick. Uh, he's a man of God. He has three sons. Uh, he created an ark of two of every kind of animal. Uh, he's married, and yeah. He has blonde hair. He has blonde hair? All right. He left, he left out a whole big portion of the story. You can find it in a lot of children Bibles. There's something with water. You know, there's a flood that happens afterwards. <laughs> Noah and the flood. I mean, <laughs> you forgot the whole flood, buddy. Like, where's the water at, dude? All right. So uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. If we get that on the screen. Before we get into the word that God has for us tonight, let us all close our eyes, bow our heads. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being a God who cares. We thank you for being a God who loves and a God who gives joy, Lord. We thank you for, a, for being a God who took us serious. And God, I pray tonight we would take you serious because you took us serious. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Are we there yet? All right. Can you guys read that? All right. By faith. Who? Noah. When warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Quickly, what's an ark? A boat, yes. By go boat. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Now, to cover the stuff that Josiah did not cover, the backdrop, we're going to go to Genesis 6. That's like the beginning of the Bible, y'all. That's only six chapters in. Can we get that on the screen, too? Genesis 6, verse 5. When you're looking at the screen, say, my eyes are peeled. Amen. That is, okay, that's it. Okay. 6, verse 5. Let's read this. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth. I want you guys to catch that. The Lord regretted ever making us, okay? He's like, these people, I wish I never made you. That sounds pretty harsh, don't it? That sounds like, dang, God, he's going to throw it out like that? Like, you regret ever making us? Yeah, some versions of the Bible actually say that God repented for, for making us. Like he turned away from the idea of even desiring to make us because everybody was evil. We're not taking questions, Nathan. We're not. Okay. But yeah, God regretted ever making us. We were that evil. Everything in our hearts made God regret ever making us. The evil that we came about, the, the ideas that we had, the, the wickedness and the sin that we were doing. God is like, man, I regret even making them. And his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race. Basically, he said, I'm going to kill them all. He's like, I'm going to destroy every single one of them. I'm going to just wipe them out. There's going to be zero humans, right? You guys with me? All right, good. And with them, the animals. He's going to kill the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. Dang, because of us, he regretted he made pigeons and cardinals and rainbow fish. 
killer whales. He regretted making them all. He's like, you guys make me hate the fact that I made these beautiful animals. But Noah, everybody say, but Noah. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Are we still there? Yes. We're still there. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That's something big, right? I think this page turned on me. That's why I was lost for a sec. All right. This is the account of Noah and his family. Are we continuing on? Yes. Okay. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons. Way to go, Josiah. You were right. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Probably the only one you could pronounce is Ham, but that's okay. He had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So, make yourself an ark. Now that's not easy, God. Make myself an ark. Okay. <laughs> of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. So here comes Noah. Like Noah's hearing all this from God. Like God is like, I hate everybody. Like, not hate, but he's like, I, I regret making everybody. I'm about to kill everything. I'm about to kill the people, kill the earth, kill the animals. And Noah's like, okay. <laughs> and then God's like, just build yourself an ark. Save yourself. And Noah's like, okay, going to build an ark, save myself. Because I don't think he really thought about it, all right? Now, the times of Noah's day, everybody except for Noah was wicked. Everybody. They're his friends, his aunts, his uncles, his brother, sister, his mom and dad. Everybody was wicked except for Noah. Noah was the last man standing. The only hope for humanity was put on Noah and his manly hands, okay? If it was not for what Noah did, I don't know if we would all be here. I don't know, all right? Now, what does Jesus have to say? What, what, you know, you know that Jesus said that we are like in the days of Noah? Raise your hand if you heard Jesus say that we're kind of like in the days of Noah. All right, good. We sort of have an idea. So let's go to Matthew 24, 37. We're going to put it on the board too. And the reason why Jesus brings the no, uh, Noah and the flood up is because of the wickedness of the earth. Now, before I get into this Matthew scripture, you can leave it on the board. I want you guys to picture the world that we live in right now. Picture in your mind. You don't even have to picture it in your mind. You could probably relate to something you heard on the news this week. Stephen said yesterday some guy with a truck ran over 84 people, killed him. There's wickedness all around the world. I don't have to, like, persuade you to believe there's evil in the world. You could go to your school and be like, that's evil. And you walk away. You would understand there's evil in the world. It's not rocket science. It's common sense at this point. So Jesus is like, huh, there was a lot of evil back in Noah's day. And there's a lot of evil now. And even now, the year 2016, there's still evil. The times have not changed. Right? So we have back in Noah's day, God is like, everybody's evil. I'm just going to kill them all. Except for you, Noah. I'm just going to kill them all. And Noah saved his family. There was about eight people that were saved from the great flood that killed everybody. Okay, so God went through with it. I call it, Shamal knows this, it's, it's called hitting the reset button. God's like, I'm going to just restart humanity. Like, you know, 
and he did it. And now this is what Jesus says. Where are we at? Okay, we're good. Matthew 24, 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away, right? That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. I want you guys to raise your hand now if you heard that Jesus is coming back. Wow. A lot of you people, I mean you people, you guys, you wonderful children. A lot of you guys heard that Jesus is coming back. Now I want you to raise your hand if you knew that there is something called an end times and there's a crazy judgment and a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people. Okay. Just in case you don't know the extent of this end times of the second coming of Jesus. A lot of people like to ask, well, if God hates evil so much, why don't he just get rid of it? Well, he's in the process right now, but he doesn't want to kill the people he loves. He wants to allow every single person to come to him and say, you're my Lord and Savior. But until that day, he's going to allow us, the church, to talk to people, bring them to church, get them saved. But there will be an end where there will be no more evil, right? There will be no more sadness, no more sickness, no more evil, no more wickedness. And God promised Noah with a rainbow saying, I will never flood the earth again and kill everybody. But there will be God's wrath in another form. And it's, in the Bible, it's called uh, a fire instead of water. In Noah's time, everybody died of water. And in the end times, everybody's going to die of fire. Now, I want to I wanna kind of bring something up to you guys. We could go back to Hebrews 11, 7, please. With the idea in mind that there will be an end time. There will be a time where Jesus will kill everybody who is not a righteous person. What's a righteous person? Well, a righteous person is someone that is right before God. Someone that God could look at and say, I love you, my child, and you are with me. Someone that God could say, you're forgiven. A righteous person is in right standing with God. And if you're not righteous, at the end times, when everything is said and done, the rapture happens, Jesus comes for his church, then a seven-year tribulation, then a thousand-year reign. At the end of that, there's a judgment where those who were not serving Jesus will be put into the lake of fire with the devil and all of his angels and never, ever come back. We have Hebrews 11:7. 7, sorry. I just had to say that real quick. Look at when it says, after yet seen. By faith, Noah warned about things not yet seen. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. So God told Noah there's going to be a crazy flood. And with that, Noah could have been like, cool, God, let's do it. I'm ready to go. Or he could have obeyed God and built an ark. I want to ask you guys something today. Do you even fear God? You know, I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to answer. I want you to ponder it. Okay? Because I've, I've talked to a lot of youth. I've talked to a lot of people, grown-ups. You know, and, and I think the problem is people give up on God. People don't want to serve God anymore because they don't fear God. That's it. I've been a deacon at this church since 2013. I've mentored plenty of people. And I feel like the problem is when someone does not seem to keep in step with the spirit, when someone wants to give up on their walk with God, when someone says, I'm done, you know, I'm just, I'm out. Peace, deuces. I don't think they fear God. 
I don't think they believe there's an end time coming. I don't think they believe that God is, is greater than them. I think they think Jesus is just a little teddy bear, Easter bunny, you know, colorful cotton candy Jesus. But no, Jesus is coming back on a white horse. If you guys didn't know, this is all in Revelation. At the end times, Jesus is coming back on a white horse with a sword in his mouth and ready to, ready to slaughter everybody with his army, his church. I don't think, maybe some of us here don't even know the, the, the God that we're talking about today. He's more powerful than a lot of us. Newsflash. He flooded the earth. He could do anything he wants at any moment. Jesus could come back in five minutes. Some of us here won't be ready. I think the idea that we need to have is that maybe we should start fearing God, knowing that he could destroy both body and soul, and finally put our hearts back on him. Maybe. I'm just saying. This is what the Bible says. Jesus is not playing around. He's saying he's coming back. And just like the times of Noah, nobody's going to know that he's coming. It's going to sneak up on us. And those who are not ready, well, that's it's just it. You're left behind. And it's, it's not going to get easy at that point. Noah at his time had to understand that he was the last one standing. He was the last one. Here we have a church to help us. Imagine Noah. You know how long it took to build the ark? 120 years. 120 years. Back then, newsflash, people lived a lot longer than 80 or 90 years old, okay? It, it took 120 years to build the ark. Noah was all alone. He was all alone. And by faith, he built an ark all alone because of what God said. God said, I'm going to flood the earth. You build an ark. This is what Noah had. This is, these are the pressures that Noah had. He had to build an ark in a dry land, okay? A land where it never rained. It was dry. And as he's building the ark, people are walking by like, what you doing? I'm building an ark to save the world from the flood. And like, all right, you're going to walk away. You know? But no one believed in God back then. See, it was kind of easy to just say, okay, you're building an ark. I'm going to walk away. But imagine Noah. Everybody around him was making fun of him, mocking him. You're building a boat in a dry land. Supposedly, this God you talk about is going to wipe us all out with great flood and water and rain, right? Imagine Noah. The faith he had to to say, you know what, forget you. I'm going to do what I got to do. I don't care what you have to say. I fear God. I don't fear you. I'm, I'm sure that a couple of times in Noah's hammering and putting the wood where it belongs, I'm sure he was like, should I really be doing this? Like, is it really going to rain? Is, is what God said true? But he said, I fear God. You see, it was the fear of God that motivated him to say, I'm going to put this wood here, nail it in. I'm going to keep doing this and until, until the ark is completed. You see, Noah knew that he had to build an ark, a safe place for him and his family. And two of every kind of animal, right? I think we left that part out. But he had to gather two of every animal. Two giraffes, two bulls, two ants. Maybe not. I think they live despite the flood. It's some weird thing. Ants always live. He had to get two of everything. Hard work, right? I mean, it it wasn't easy. But he had the hope of humanity in his hands. Could you imagine if he just said, "I, I just give up? It would be, we don't know, we, we don't even know if we would be here, right? We don't know. But he said, 
I fear God. I'd rather build an ark and be wrong than not build an ark and then st- still be wrong. You know what I'm saying? He'd rather build an ark, say, I want to save my family. By faith, he had the boldness and the courage to build this ark, this safe place, right? This safe place that he could say, my family and I will be saved. He had to listen and obey to what God told him to do. He was faithful. Part two of this verse, yeah, can you put Hebrews? Oh, it's still on. Part two. I want you guys to look at what this says. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that is in keeping with the faith. Now, the word condemned here means to, uh, to like, disapprove. It doesn't mean that he, he uh, poured God's wrath on them, but he, he kind of ignored the world. So if the world was trying to tell him, like, hey, man, you shouldn't be building an ark here. Like, it's a bad idea. You need rights or whatever. He's going to be like, no, I disapprove of you. I condemn you. No, he's not going to listen to what the world said. I want to encourage you guys to have faith like this, where it's God's way or no way, right? Because no one knew that it had to be God's way or no way because he couldn't, like, just rest and be like, okay, I'm not, I'm just leave this ark half finished and do my own thing. The ark was his life source. He couldn't live without the ark. And I think it's time that we would start building our own ark. Not of, not of cypress wood and 50 cubits long and anything that God said instructions to build. Not about, not the big old boat. But what is something that we can do so that we can be saved? So that we can be saved from the wrath that God has for those unrighteous people? Or are we just going to be unrighteous and be killed off with everyone else? Because imagine if Noah, if Noah just stopped building the ark, he would have been obliterated with everyone else. Right? Look just like the world. No faith. No fear of God. Saying, well, God, are you going to flood the earth? Just do it then. But he feared God. And I think we should start building an ark. What can we start building in ourselves so that we can be saved? Well, simple stuff that Jesus said, right? Jesus commands us to believe in him. And it's not just a belief like an Easter bunny or, or Santa Claus like at Christmas time, but Jesus is calling us to believe in him. That if we believe in him, we will have eternal life, right? And that's believing in the word of God. Believing that this is what life is all about. This is what Jesus said. I'm going to put my faith in there. And that's how we start building our ark. Another way is becoming a disciple. Not just saying we believe in God because even the demons say that, but Jesus is calling us to be disciples that make disciples, right? And if this is how we can be strengthened in our faith, building our ark, protecting ourselves from the coming wrath, then let us do it. Love him and obey his commands, probably the most important thing. There's, I don't think there is a way to be righteous if you don't love God, if you don't fear God, if you don't obey God, if you don't listen to God. Because then you're just here. You're just here listening to my words, not putting them into practice. You're just here. Think about it. Do you love God? Honestly, could you say you love God? Could you honestly say you fear God the way Noah feared God? Could you honestly say you obey God the way Noah obeyed God? Yeah, none of us are perfect, but do we obey and listen? Because Noah wasn't perfect either. I bet you guys didn't know, but Noah was a drunk guy. He drank a lot. He wasn't perfect, but God was looking for a person who would say, yes, Lord, I'm faithful to you no matter my flaws. They didn't just give up. 
And so often I hear people saying, I'm done. I can't do this Jesus thing. It's too hard because they don't fear God. That's what it is. If you truly feared the Lord, God Almighty, you would say, God, my life is yours. I'm going to go ahead and be a disciple. I'm going to go ahead and believe in you. I'm going to go ahead and obey your word, love you, obey your commands. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I fear you, the one who could destroy both body and spirit. That's it. I'm not going to start wavering because the world doesn't think that this is the way to go. I'm going to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, and I'm not going to waver back. I'm not going to shrink back. This is my life. My life is sold out for Jesus. That's how Noah was talking, and I think today that we should talk just like Noah. Why should we not talk just like Noah? Why should we come to Elevate and say, I'm going to just be here. I'm going to just listen to this word. I'm going to just open this Bible and see what I can get out of it. No, we obey everything God said. God have mercy on me if I don't follow that same model. If I don't go home tonight and get on my knees and say, God, you're Lord of all or Lord not at all. I don't know if you guys ever heard about Laodicea. But it's a, it's a part of the world where God, is say, God says to these people that you're neither hot or cold. You can't make up your mind. It's like you want to be with me, but you keep on holding hands with the world. If you, got, if you, if you must remember anything from today, you've got to remember something. You've got to fear God. And fearing God does not mean you hold hands with the world anymore. Because there's no relationship there. How are you ever going to succeed as a, as a God-fearing disciple believer if you're saying, God, I still want to keep this part of me? See, Noah had to give up everything that he was, everything. He said, God, if I'm going to build this ark, I can't even listen. I can't even listen to the people around me because they're mocking me. I'm already building a boat in a dry land. I mean, God really have mercy. I, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. And remember this, if you're not selfless, there's no way that God can come inside of you and fill you up with faith. If you're full of yourself, that's it. You're just full of yourself. God is really opposed to the proud. He literally puts his hand in your face if you're proud. See, the word for us today is you have to fear God. Humble yourself. Humble ourselves. Let us do that under God's mighty hand that he may exalt us in due time, right? See, Noah didn't let the world stop him from saving him and his family. He had too much fear of the Lord in him. He didn't listen to the opinions of the world or what anybody was telling him, mocking him, right? He didn't listen to that. He heard it, and I'm sure he was tempted. The Bible doesn't say that he was tempted, but I'm sure he was. There's no way that you can be in a, in a land where everybody is opposed to what you're doing. And know that, you're, and know that everyone likes you. There's no way. People had their opinions. We need to stop caring about what the world thinks about us and our walk with Christ. We need to stop. When we have a faith like Noah's, we're like, I'm sold out. I'd rather follow Jesus. I'd rather serve in the church. I'd rather open the door of the church than roll up a blunt with anybody outside the church. I'd rather clean the toilet of a church than have sex with anybody outside the church without marriage, right? Is our heart like that? It's like if, if Noah was tested and tried with the weight of the world, literally the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he kept with the faith, as it says at the end of this, right? Keeping with the faith. He was the heir of righteousness. He kept with the faith. And if we were to have that mentality where we keep with the faith, 
no matter what anybody tries to tell you, the people in your school, your family members, oh, you're in a cold. Like, I've heard it before. Come on. You see, when I started to follow Jesus, when I was about 20 years old, my mom did not like it. She, even though she's a Catholic, right, she thought I was in a cult. She's like, you need to get out that church and go to the real church. I'm like, Mom, you're not even going to the real church. She never went to church on Sundays, right? But I feared God at that time. For the first time in a long time, I said, no, Mom, you know. It was never no, Mom, for me. It was like, yes, Mom, I'm going to do it, you know, or even like roll my eyes. But it was never no, Mom, but I said, no, Mom, what I feel that this place is real. I found Jesus at this church. And since that day, there was a conference back in January of 2012. Since that day, I was sold out. There was nothing I could fall back on. There was no like, okay, I got my friends over here that if I ever feel like the church is getting too pressure for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with my friends. They're my smoking buddies. I'm going to go over here with my bandmates. I'm going to go over here with my ex-girlfriend. Right? There's like, there's so many things that we could fall back on. And it's because we never really feared God. I'm telling you, man. I mean, it's, it's so obvious. We think that God is a teddy bear loving, like he's a loving God. We think he's a teddy bear, soft, cushiony, cotton candy God. But there will be an end to all things. And which side are you going to be on? You know, I'm preaching today so that you can have a holy fear of God, the same kind of fear of God that Moses and Moses, Noah had. So that you can say, I'm not going to go down with everybody else. I'm going to build up my ark. I'm going to build this thing up so the devil can't come against me. But so that the devil could drown with everybody else in the lake of fire. You guys know what the lake of fire is? It's literally burning sulfur. It's not pretty. It's not like water. It'll burn you. But you won't disappear, though. And so if we spend our time focusing on what matters to Jesus, because that's what matters, right? I mean, we're here because of Jesus. I got a cross on my shirt. There's a cross in the back. Jesus died on the cross. That's where we receive our life, right? If we do everything that we need to for Jesus... We believe in him, we love him, we obey his commands. We say, I overcome the world. Then we will be an heir of righteousness just like Noah. Because that's a cross. Like it says in the verse, he became the heir of righteousness. The righteousness was entitled to him. This is the title that Noah had. He was the holder of righteousness because nobody else in his day was righteous, right? Nobody. But he... Because he kept with the faith, building the ark for 120 years until it was completed. Was able to keep with the faith, saying, God, I built this ark to every nail that went in every wood, to every animal that came upon the ark, for every bale of hay that went to feeding the animals. I did it. I kept with the faith. I didn't for one second doubt you. He kept with the faith. Can we all stand, please, to our feet? Thank you, guys. Stephanie, can I get some tunes going? Thank you, woman of God. I can't stress this enough, guys. If you don't fear God, similar to the way Noah feared God, where it's all of Jesus or no Jesus, then you're probably not going to make it, okay? I say that because I love you. But I think you guys should know this. One day Jesus is going to come back, and he's not going to come back as a baby in a manger. He's going to come back in a Mustang, hopefully a Ford Mustang, but if not, he's going to come back on a big white horse, right? And at that point, it's going to be no mercy because there's so many chances between now and even then when he comes back on a white horse. There's so many chances, so many. 
Just like there were so many chances between now and Noah, Noah's flood. There's so many chances for us to be right with God. So many. Just, just don't let today go by and say, well, I just heard the words, but I'll, I'll think about it. Don't, okay? Because you don't want to be on that side of the rope when God is judging the world, when God is checking his book and seeing whose name is written in that book of life. Because God will be checking the books. You're going to stand before him. And that's after Jesus came back. That's after he came on a white horse. That's after everything. The judgment is the final thing. And depending on what you do now determines that judgment and that determines your eternity. I'm telling you guys, it's not just, you know, you pass away from this life and then then you get a chance to say yes to Jesus. No, it's now or nothing. Because maybe you'll... Maybe you could be saved tonight. Maybe you go home and sleep in your bed, but Jesus could come back at four in the morning. And if you were not ready, then it's too late. And the only reason why I'm telling you guys about this end times, the end of all things, Armageddon, the apocalypse, the end of everything, where we say, finished, it's done. Because Jesus said it was finished on the cross, but he also said later on, it is finished later on too. It's done. It's away with. Every bit of evil is gone. Everybody had the opportunity to say yes to me. And these are the people who said yes to me. And these are the people who did not say yes to me. And we're all going to look over here and that's going to be a burning sulfur. And we're going to cry. But then Jesus is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Can I really quick show you guys what that's going to be like? The good part. We already heard enough of the bad part, right? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city. I think this is a little later. Let me just see. Here we go. Yes, I'm I'm in the right place. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. In case you guys aren't keeping up with me, this is what your life will be like if you always keep with the faith, if you never give up on Jesus. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. It's done. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Everything. Look around you. It's all going to be brand new. There's not going to be any evil. There's not going to be a devil. There's not going to be wickedness. There's not going to be shootings. There's not going to be terrorism. There's not going to be tears in your eyes. There's not going to be a broken heart. He's making everything new. The old ways were us with broken hearts. The old ways were us sinning. The old ways was our wickedness, relying upon ourselves. The old ways was saying, I'm a new me. But he's making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true, right? He said to me, it is done. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the string of living water. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Those are for those who said... I have decided I'm following Jesus. All that is for you. Dwell with God forever. You'll be given the water of life at no cost to you. 
nothing. Just say, God, I want to be filled up. Here you go. Whoa, I feel filled up. Every, every precious promise. This is the end of all things. This is when everything's over. At the end of the movie, when all the chaos is done, this is what it's all about. This forever eternal dwelling place with God. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. After preaching today, I really hope and I pray to God that everybody here understands the God who had grace on us, who had given us chance after chance after chance after chance. Just imagine his heart. How would you like it if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend? They kept cheating on you and cheating on you and cheating on you. And you're like, maybe they'll change and they're cheating on you. But God is patient with us. But I urge you today to leave it all behind. Leave your old ways over there. That's it. And you say yes to Jesus tonight. And the secret, I'm telling you guys, the secret to being victorious, to be on the winning side, is to fear the God who had grace on you. There's grace now, but man, there won't always be more grace. Once you say no to him and that time comes, when he comes back, it's over. Your days of deciding if you want to follow Jesus are over. So is today the day of salvation? Yes, today is the day of salvation. It's today the time to have faith like Noah. Today is the time to have faith like Noah, where it's all of God or none of God. You say, God, I want to follow you. No matter what my family tells me, no matter what my kids at my school tell me, if Noah could do it with all that pressure of his family and his, his, his colleagues and everybody around him and having the weight of the world on his shoulders saying if he messes up, everybody's gone. If he could do it, how much more can we do with brothers and sisters? If you look to your left and your right, they're all spurring you on. I'm spurring you on. And I'm saying I'm here. All of us are here for each other. This is the church. There's like no excuse. That's why this is the final time. I'm saying yes to Jesus, right? And if you don't say yes to Jesus, you already know. You already know. You could say, I believe in you, God. But he's going to say the demons believed in me too. But did you fear me? Did you live for me? Did you obey my commands? Were you a disciple? Were you selfless? Were you saying, God, have your way? Did you even say that stuff? And if you didn't, it's because it's not in your heart, and therefore you don't fear God. Fear God. Old and young people, black and white people, righteous and unrighteous people, we are not God, right? God is God. That's why his name is God. We are people. That's why our name is people. We're, er we're earthlings. We're from earth. That's it. We could all close our eyes right now. If we could all just dwell right now on everything we just heard and hear from God. Hear from God because he's speaking. 
I'm so confident that God is speaking to your heart right now. God is speaking to your heart right now. And he's saying, you're going to sell me out for this. See, God is pleading with you right now. He's pleading with you. He's saying, you're going to sell me out for this. For this temporary pleasure. You're going to sell me out for this. You're going to say that I'm not worthy enough for this. For this sin you hold on to. God is pleading right now. And he has his hand out and saying, I love you. Trust in me. Save yourself. Save your family. Have faith. God is already knocking at your heart. God is already speaking to you. God is already touching you with his Holy Spirit, and you know it. And if you're that person that God is speaking to right now, that, that he's convicting, that he's telling you, he's speaking to you, you know who you are, I want you guys to come to the front right now. Step out in faith. Come on. Believe the God that made you has mercy on you right now and he wants to touch you once again he wants to promise you something that you can be victorious and that you can have that dwelling place with him forever and ever come on a couple more seconds for those to come down I'm not making you come up Jesus is come on and why do you come to the front? Because you're stepping out in faith. This is the initial step right now. This is you saying, God, I'm taking this step because I don't want to do my own ways anymore. I want to learn how to fear you. Come on, everybody. This is our time right now to step out in faith and say, God, this is, this is where I get to say yes. This is where I get to say, Jesus, have it all. Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. There's no way you could please God without faith. And 
for those who are up here. God wants to let you know that he's pleased by your faith. By your faith to say it's all or nothing. I'm all in. I'm sold out. I don't want the world if it ain't got you, Jesus. He's saying he's pleased by your faith. Can we have some leaders come behind these five, these six up here, please? Let's pray a prayer of faith for them. Let's speak things into their lives. Victory, identity, belonging, the lordship of the Lord over their lives. Come on, let's pray in faith. Come on, those who are being prayed for, focus on the voice of the Lord right now. Come on, he's speaking right now. Come on, focus on the voice of the Lord. Come on, tap into that faith. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. We tap into that faith right now, Jesus. That you have the power to break the chains of our life, Jesus. That at this point, God, the chains don't have a hold on us, Jesus. Come on, tap into that faith. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, hallelujah.
The words of Jesus, he said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You see, we think faith is so simple to just obtain, right? And it is. But the weight that faith has is something so great. If a mustard seed could move a whole mountain, that's some crazy faith, right? Think about an ant trying to carry the Titanic, a little bug trying to carry the Titanic. That ain't going to work. But Jesus is saying if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that little faith can move a mountain. And you seven up here, and those who are even still listening, you don't know what your future holds, but God knows. And he's saying, man, if you had that little bit of faith to come up and say yes, so simply, your future is, is in his hands already. If your future has a mountain in it, the faith that you declared today by saying, yes, Lord, it's all you then the Lord's going to make that mountain move on your behalf. We need to trust in God today. Amen. We got to believe that he is God, that he is powerful, that he saves, that he empowers us. But we just need faith. And today is that day where we have faith to say, 